listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, Call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, a.m. 1340. Radio advertising is good. Why should you advertise on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340? Well, it's simple. We are a local radio station with local shows that target our local communities and local listeners. We have a variety of shows that cover a multitude of informative and interesting topics, such as automotive and boating, real estate and finance, health and medical, politics and law, sports and fishing, pet care, and more. While we are even home to Imus in the Morning, we also have shows about comedy, food and dining, religion, fashion, local community events and activities and a variety of music. Talk radio provides a listening format that appeals to a large cross-section of people. Whether you are in your car, at work, at home, everyone has a radio. And we are streamed live on the Internet. And past shows are podcasted so you, the listener, can play back your favorite shows over and over again. The possibilities are endless. So that, my listeners, is why you should advertise on the Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. If you like golf, Enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72, plus another 9-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your host, Robert. And as usual, we got a good show for you tonight. I got a very special guest, a local guest, a famous race car driver. And as usual, we will be playing some cool, cool music. So uh, let's get this uh, thing in gear here and uh, let her eat.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to her front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle. And visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater. Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, menicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries, or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Okay, guys, you were back. This is, uh, in case you're wondering, this is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And well, I'll tell you what. Hey, Lee, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Robert. Okay, I, I picked. Yeah, I mean, you know, the dogs are gone. <laughs> I had two dogs in here for a couple hours. That was fun. Oh, okay, yeah. And they, they go. Th- they, they know how to go through doors. You know about that, right? Oh yeah. I, I, I saw- mean, they're better at going through doors than Cigar Robbie. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. let's- <laughs> no, they just, you know, they get two sets of doors added. They just put their so big jaws on. For any, for, the, for all you listeners, they got what a great Dane, and what's that other thing they got? A great That's a good question. I have no idea. Well, it's some sort of a butt. I hope no one's listening. Furry right. mutt, but it's you a big... Know, you know what I mean. Okay, but yeah. All right. <laughs> I forget what it is, actually. It's a nice-looking dog. It is. Anyway, let's go back to the show here. Uh, Lee, you know, I picked out some... Uh, I know you're from Michigan, so I picked a couple of Michigan groups. That last group was Frigid Pink, and uh, they that, that House of the Rising Suns, I mean, there's so many people who have done a spin on that song, but that's a pretty good version. I like that. And then, uh, of course, we've got Amboy Dukes coming up here in a second, but... Since this is the month of November, and we have a ton, a ton of car shows coming up, I thought I'd run down the list here real quick. Oh, yeah, by the way, I want to let everybody know that Naughty Nancy's is open mic night, okay? So for all you guys, that's Naughty Nancy's. It's right behind the studio. That's where we're all going to hang out after the show. So if you got, uh, if you play a musical instrument, if you have a harmonica, guitar, uh, whatever you got, some sort, of a, some sort of a handheld instrument, you can... <laughs> Handheld. i, I got to say that very carefully, don't I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, go over there. Naughty Nancy's. Open mic night. If you got jokes, if you want to tell poetry, any of that kind of stuff, uh, that is 700 Eldridge Street. That is actually right behind the studio, and we're on 706 Myrtle. That's a quarter of a mile north of Drew Street on the trail. Okay? Naughty Nancy's. That's uh, three. That was a 446 Four four six three seven seventeen. Okay, and then of course tonight I want to say hi to my buddies uh, Hazley Hood and Sherry and Mike out there at Sunshine Drag Strip. It's testing two night, testing two night. That's for all you guys who want to go out there and tear up your cars on uh, Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening. It's ten bucks to get in with your car, whether you spectate or not. So that's a good deal. All right, let's see. Coming up this weekend, we got a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, November sixth. That's just Saturday. Uh, the big car show is the Police Car Museum Car Show. That's hosted by uh, Classic Automobiles, and uh, this is their, God, they've been doing this for years, but it's basically like an annual emergency vehicle spectacular. They're located at 12,600 Belchard Road. Okay, give them a call there at Classic Automobiles. It's 727-536-2677. There's going to be a car show. There's going to be emergency vehicles, wildlife vehicles, FHP cars, police and sheriff. Uh, plus, they've got the spectacular museum uh, dedicated and committed to uh, uh, law enforcement vehicles. So this should be a good show. they got a huge fire truck there. And for years, I've been going down there with my son. He loves to ride in a fire truck. So there's fire truck rides. There's going to be a car show. There's going to be trophies. There's going to be concessions. Uh, there's a band down there. So... Uh, 
for any more information, be sure and show, show up there this weekend. It's Saturday from 8 to 3. Contact Mark or John. That's Classic Automobiles, 727-536-27. Uh, excuse me. Five three six two six seven seven five three six two six seven seven. Also at Home Depot in Largo. Okay, that's on the corner of uh, Missouri, or I guess that would be Summit Boulevard and uh, Almerton at the Home Depot store. There's a car show going on over there. It starts again at eight o'clock, goes till about two or three. Okay, Home Depot in Largo, and uh, that show is uh, ten dollars entry fee. There's trophies. There's food. Uh, be sure and ask for Kenny. Say hi to Kenny. He's running around over there. Oh, hey, we got. Did somebody leave the garage door open again? Is that what it's it a, is? You know, the, or was that a motorcycle? They go down Myrtle so fast. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you geez. Be careful. you got to work. Yeah, it's really. you got to watch out for that. Okay. At any rate, and then a really, really nice show that takes place at St. Armand's Circle in Sarasota. This Saturday also is a very, very nice, and it's very, very well orchestrated, and it's a beautiful show. It's the Ferrari Show. Okay. Actually, I should... Let me hear. I can go to the website, St. Armand's Circle website, and it's Ferraris on St. Armand's. Okay, it's this Saturday, November sixth. It's hosted by the, uh, I guess, the State Ferrari Club, Ferrari Owners Club, and the gentleman uh, who is in charge of that is a local gentleman. His name is John. He can be reached at seven two seven five nine three one seven two five. That's John Johansson at seven two seven five nine three seventeen twenty five. That's Ferraris. Uh, Ferrari's on St. Armand's. That's this weekend, November 6th. Okay, so uh, that's actually a cool show. As a matter of fact, St. Armand's Circle does a lot of car shows. They host a lot of them. For example, uh, on the 21st of November is the 19th annual Ford, Shelby, and Mustang show. Okay, November 21st, the 19th annual Shelby, Ford, Mustang show at uh, St. Armand's Circle. And for all you Porsche enthusiasts, it's Porsches in the Park on December 11th. That's also at St. Armand Circle. So be sure and put that down on your calendar. All right. Uh, this weekend, the November to Remember auction at Palm Beach Convention Center. Palm Beach goes Hollywood. That's uh, uh, Hollywood Auctions is putting on this huge car show and auction. Okay. It's spectacular. It's at the Palm Beach Convention Center. First class. Cars and stars. 300 cars. I mean, just spectacular stuff. That's this weekend. So it actually starts tomorrow. So the 4th, 5th, and 6th at the Palm Beach Convention Center. The November to Remember car show and auction at, well, I guess it's more of an auction, uh, at the uh, Palm Beach Convention Center, and uh, it's put on by Hollywood. Uh, what we got going on? Oh. I don't know. I should have started this a long time ago. That's this okay. Is this is a song? Music. Which one is it? It's instrumental. You know. Is it? Oh, that's cool. It's just ba- cool background. Music. Background. All right. Go ahead. Play that. That's cool. That way it doesn't sound like I'm stuttering too much. Anyway, that's, uh, all right, what else we got? Okay, November 7th, Winter Park in Orlando, cool car show, okay? November 13th at the Irish Rover Pub in Sarasota, Brian Johnson's doing a benefit concert down there, okay? So if you've ever wanted to meet Brian Johnson of ACDC, he will be there. That's uh, Saturday, November 13th uh, at the Irish Rover Pub in Sarasota, and it's a benefit concert, and he will have his support band there, so that's kind of cool. November 14th, we've got Bug Jam in Dade City at the fairgrounds. Cool show, so if you're into bugs and buses and anything VW-related, that's a big thing. And Reeves of Tampa, Reeves Volkswagen of Tampa will be there, okay? So if you uh, ever wanted to get a Jetta, uh, check out the, our friends over there at Reeves Volkswagen in Tampa. That's 813-933-2811. 813-933-2811. Also, November 13th through the 14th is Roar and Soar, Fantasy of Flight. If you ever want to see a really cool aeronautical museum with vintage airplanes, uh, the Roar and Soar uh, venue at Fantasy Flight is going to have vintage wood boats. It's going to have racing boats. There's going to be an autocross, a car show. A plane show, it's neat. It's great for the family and for the kids, okay? So be sure and check that out. Uh, okay, you also November 7th, that's this coming Sunday. Don't forget the Sumter County Swap Meet. November 19th, we've got Moultrie, Georgia. Huge swap meet, huge swap meet, okay? On the 21st, I already mentioned that. That's the Shelby Mustang Show at St. Armand Circle. And, of course, the big turkey rod run at the end of the month. That's uh, November 25th through the 28th. And I think that's our rundown for the month. Uh... Let's see. What else we got going on here? How much time we got? Oh, we want to fire up that uh, A-Track real quick, and let's squeeze in another song, and then we'll get right to our main attraction, our guest for the evening.
riches behind Come with us and find The pleasures of the journey To the center of the mind Come along if you care Come along if you dare Take a ride to the land inside of your mind Beyond the seas of God Beyond the realm of want Across the streams of hopes and dreams Where things are really not Come along if you can Come along if you dare Take a ride to the land inside of your mind But please realize You'll probably be surprised This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727 501 9090. That's 727 501 9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727 501 9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Grabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, and nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Grabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. Are we back on the air? This is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You guys are all tuned into. Hey, if anybody wants to email us, okay, you can email us at uh, golfstreamradio at gmail.com. Golfstreamradio at gmail.com. If you want to email me, just with any kind of question, I have two VIP passes here. Two. I'm going to hold them up in front of the camera. Okay, if you happen to be sitting near a computer, that's at the, go to Tantalk. 1340.com, and we're streamed live on the internet here, okay? And you can see me goofing off in the studio here with my old man glasses and everything like that because I'm partially unable to see. But anyway, so I have two VIP passes to somebody that wants to send me a question here uh, at golfstreamradio at gmail.com. And I also have some $10 vouchers, $10 gift certificates for Krabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, okay? So I got some giveaways here. You guys want to call in, and in the future, I've got a deal worked out with the uh, Fantasy of Flight people, and we're going to have some uh, some discount tickets, uh, actually some free tickets that we'll be, we will be giving away here for some uh, people that email us at golfstreamradio 
at gmail.com. All right. So now we have our guest on the line. All right. I want to welcome our guest. He's a longtime Tampa resident. He's a man. He's a fairly well-known race car driver in IMSA road racing and in vintage road racing. He also did a brief uh, stint in rounding round and in drag racing. Okay. But ultimately wound up with uh, road racing with a spectacular road racing career. And this gentleman is a real good friend of mine, and I've known him since the mid-70s, and I want to welcome Dave White to my radio show. How are you doing, Dave? I'm just fine, Robert. How are we doing so far? You heard everything? Yeah, everything's fine. Okay, well, anyway, so how you been? I've been busy. You've been busy? I tried to retire three years ago, but I've stayed pretty busy. Well, that's good. That's good. You're still racing, right? Well, I ran a race a couple of months ago, about a month ago. First one I've run in a couple of years, but uh, it felt good. Uh-huh. So uh, let's see. For our listeners, you started out in Tampa. You tell me a real interesting story when you were a little kid. How you first got bitten by the bug to go racing. You used to go with your grandmother to a racetrack yeah, in Tampa. My grandmother was uh, was an attendant at the, one of the racetracks here in town. It was right in the middle of Tampa. It was called Phillips Field. Uh, the old timers will, will know about it, but the young folk, folks won't. But uh, I used to ride the bus with my grandmother and spend all day and watch all the cars arrive for the races that night. And I got to know all the drivers and all the car numbers, and um, that's, how I, that's how I got first introduced to racing. And now that was just a rounding round track, like a dirt track, wasn't it, back in the day? Well, it wasn't dirt. It was paved. Actually, it was, um, it was a, a track around a football field where Tampa University used to play football. Oh, okay. And it's called Phillips Field, correct? Phillips Field, yes. It okay. was uh, down by Cass Street in the river in downtown Tampa. In fact, uh, cars were known to end up in the river if they uh, made a mistake at one end of the racetrack. And missed a turn, huh? Missed a turn, and they'd end up uh, in, the, in the Hillsborough River, yes. And what, is there, you think there's any race cars still down there to buy? Well, they get them all. They retrieve no, them all. No, they, they got them all back. I'd be down there looking with my scuba gear, checking out them vintage cars. But uh, <laughs> you know me, I love yeah. old cars. But at any rate, uh, so about what year would that been? And name off a few of the race car drivers that might be uh, the names that might be familiar to some of our listeners. Well, a lot of the local drivers that people would remember would be um, Frank and Jimmy Riddle brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, all all of the Rudimans from Zephyr Hills ran there. Buzzy and his father Emil. Uh, Emil and Buzzy Rudiman, um, well, Buzzy is the father of David Rudiman, who's doing quite well in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Um, Pancho Alvarez, I, I know you had his son on a few shows back. Yeah, we had Randy on, uh-huh. Right, and um, um, gosh, Jim Alvis, Benny Moore, uh, Bill Larimer, I could, you know, I could probably name all of them if I had the time. <laughs> but they were all local. A lot of them from St. Pete. A lot of them from Tam- uh, mostly Tampa and St. Pete. Uh huh. So did you? And then did you ultimately, when you got a little bit older, did you race at that racetrack then too? No, oh. I never had the opportunity to race there, uh, and that didn't that didn't bother me because it wasn't much of a racetrack. Uh huh. Um, I didn't I didn't get a chance to actually drive until. Uh, I was a junior in high school. I was about 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, we drove in helmets and T-shirts and jeans and, and very little safety gear, and you didn't have to be any certain age to get a license. In fact, they didn't even have a license. If you were if you were breathing, you could drive, you know. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but, no, I didn't. I never drove at Phillips Field. Uh, oh. I really never wanted to either. What was the first uh, track that you did race at? I tracked down in uh, Sarasota called Saramana Speedway. Mm-hmm. It was called Saramana because it was right on the border of Manatee County and Sarasota County. Is, is that track still there? Is That's it gone? where I first started. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody's trying to call in, and I hope they will stop trying. But anyway. Okay. Is that track still there or remnants of it, or is that track gone? Uh, I don't know, uh, Robert, whether that Saramana Speedway is still there. I doubt it because of development. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably taking it over. Gotcha. And then you said there was a track somewhere off, and I didn't know this, but somebody else remembered this because I called a friend of mine, John Woodhouse, and he remembered that there was a track up off of uh, Hillsborough and Anderson in that area. You were telling me about a track that was over there. Yes. When I was, when I was quite young, um, seven or eight years old, my sister and brother-in-law used to take me to a track. It was called Speedway Park, mm-hmm. and it was on West Hillsboro. Across from the airport, in fact, it was still, it was on the grounds that my latest repair facility was on. Mm-hmm. 
And um, yeah, it was a half mile in the dirt track, and at the time, it was known as the fastest half mile dirt track in the southeast. It was quite a racetrack. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, so, what, where where exactly was the first track that you actually uh, spun some tires on? Well, actually, the first track I I guess the first track was on the drag strip. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, you're telling me about that. You used to drag strip. Okay, tell us yeah, about that a little I, bit. Well, I drove I drove a, a kind of a junky old car to begin with, but. But later on, I used to do exhibition runs in a in a singly altered uh, T-bucket with a nice big Chevrolet in it. It would run in the mid-tens. Uh, I tried that for about a year and uh, just just didn't didn't care for it. So now, where did you do that? Was that out of Twin City then, or what they call it, Golden Triangle back in the day? And well, yeah, no, actually, I did most of my running at Tampa Dragway, which was. Which is off of uh, Interstate Four, east of Tampa. Which is now a uh, rooms to go building, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what's happening to all our racetracks around here. Uh huh. Okay, and then uh, and then you got into road racing, right? Yeah, I um, I went to work at a car dealership in Tampa, uh, a Cadillac dealership, and they also sold Porsches. Mm-hmm. And this was in like '64, and. Um, I um, had an opportunity to, to to work on a car, and then we took it to Daytona for the for the first uh, one of the first Continental races, and was lucky enough to win our win our class. I, I didn't drive; I just prepared the car. But later on, I uh, I got an opportunity to to drive them, and just fell in love with the Porsches, and never looked back. I just decided that that's what I wanted to do, and uh, I was one of those people who thought that road racing was the was the true racing because it was on simulated roads and and uh, you know with with elevation changes and lefts and rights instead of just in a circle. So. Well, no, you know it's funny you mentioned that too because uh, I mean I've never done any ovals um, other than an autocrossing and I've done some drag racing back in the day, but that's kind of what got me hooked is because when I first started messing around with cars and going to the autocrosses, the fact that we. Uh, some of the other crosses were what they called gymkhanas, and they were in parking lots. But then occasionally we would um, use find racetracks. Like uh, the first one I ever raced on was Lakeland International Raceway, which is now I guess USA Raceway in Lakeland or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that we did that, and then of course Daytona, and then of course Sebring, and then um, same thing. You know, when you're in a, on a road course, you've got you know traffic. You've got left turns, you've got right turns, you've got braking, you've got high speed, you've got low speed. I mean, you have all the conditions that you have in day-to-day driving, but you're in an intense situation where you're basically door handle to door handle, and you're, uh, you're, you're going as fast as you possibly can. And, that's uh, cor- yeah, that's correct. I, I, and I just, I just thought that was the true form of, of racing. I know it's, it was very big in Europe. You don't, you don't see oval tracks in Europe anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just fell in love with it, and... Uh, Luckily, I was good at it and uh, and just continued to do it. Well, you know what? Since we're talking about Porsches, and I know you're a huge Porsche fan, and I'm a huge Porsche fan, I am actually wearing a Porsche shirt this evening for you. Okay, <laughs> and it actually has 356s on it because you know I'm a big 356 fan. So, oh yeah, you always have been. Mm-hmm. So you, you first started working on 356s, but the first Porsches that you raced was a 911. Is that correct? That yeah, that's correct. I um. Uh, I found out pretty early that that uh, road racing people make you have a license and you have to go to driving school, and uh, I thought that was kind of unique after having a, a short career in in what we call round and round racing. And I, I borrowed a friend's car and prepared it for the track, and let him go and do his school, and then return for me building the car. I got to use it for my driving school. Well, that was in nineteen like sixty eight or something. And my first school was at was at Daytona, and that was a little frightening with the speeds. But uh, uh, that that's when I that's when I started driving uh, almost full time. Well, now when you um, and back in those days, did you just uh, hop rides with somebody? Did you have your own car, or did you uh, um, drive for somebody that owned the car? Well, I I had a unique situation where I knew how to prepare the car for racing and. And, and was an expert Porsche mechanic at the time. And there were people around who had the money and they had the cars and they wanted to race but didn't have a clue about how to do it. So I exchanged my expertise of building, preparing, and doing the mechanical work on a car. In exchange, I got to drive the car as their co-driver. I drove for several years with uh, a state senator, 
David McLean from Tampa. We had a great time for about six or seven years. And that's how I got into racing. Uh, that's how I got into the big-time racing was by towing the car back and forth to the racetrack and working until midnight every night and all that kind of stuff while while he just furnished the money, which was a very big part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I don't think that situation would even work nowadays because there's so much money involved, and it takes two or three crew members. You know, we used to go there with just two guys and myself and 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 Mr. McLean, and that would be it. But now you can't do that. So all right, so you worked at the Porsche dealership down there in uh, down by the, which which is now the convention center. What was the convention center? What was the name of that uh, dealership back in the day? Well, it was called Sharp and Company, and that was and they were a Cadillac dealership. Mm-hmm. But they sold Porsches also. In fact, they sold a lot of Porsches for the, for the time. They sold about forty a year, mm-hmm. which was was pretty good, you know. Okay, and then you said you moved to another Porsche dealership after that. Well, I worked at three different Porsche dealerships because the the franchise kept moving from dealership to dealership. Oh, okay. So you were chasing it. <laughs> I was chasing it, staying staying connected, and cause uh-huh. that's where my that's where my love was was with that car. Uh-huh. And then uh, I opened Temple Porsche Audi out on East Hillsboro. This was back in like 1970, and uh, ran that dealership for two or three years and decided that I it was time to start my own business. Okay, and then you opened up your own shop? Yes, uh, a, a partner of mine, a partner uh, who recently passed away, unfortunately, and I started uh, a, com- a company called Sports Car Service of Tampa, and we worked on everything, Porsche, Mercedes, Ferrari, Lamborghinis, uh, anything that was in the sports car line, even you know, even MGs and midgets. As long as it was, as long as it was foreign and considered a sports car, we worked on it. I gotcha. And then where was it? Where'd you open up the first sh- uh, the first store at? Uh, it was actually on Gun Highway and and two uh, two rental spaces, storage spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, we we started out quite small. It was just my uh, my wife and and uh, my partner Dave Panichon and myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's how we started the business. My wife chased parts and. And I uh, did the book work, and David and I have repaired the cars. Wow. And then, let's see, you moved over to North Florida Avenue, um, just on the other side of Fletcher, too, years later, right? Yes, yeah. We we bought a place over there um, in, in 76, I think it was, and had it for about four years. And then people may or may not remember we had quite a recession in 1979, 80, and 81. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we had to close the business because of just couldn't raise the capital to keep it going. Well, that's when I first met you. Was actually when you were over there off North Florida Avenue. And I was amazed. I went in there, and uh, I was just diddy bopping down North Florida Avenue there. And uh, I, you know, the Porsches caught my eye. And then I started walking around. There was Jaguars. There was Ferraris. There was Mercedes. There was in one case, that one car I remember in particular was the uh, Lamborghini 350 or 400 GT that was sitting there. It was yeah, a re- 400 GT. Yeah, that that was quite a car. Whose car was that? Do you remember? I do not remember. No. Okay. That was a neat piece. Then all the race cars that were sitting there. In fact, the one that I remember in particular was a light blue one that was raced by a doctor um, that, that had a Sportomatic in it. Yes, it, it, that, that was a necessity. A Sportomatic is is like an automatic stick shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, he had a he had a, a, an artificial left leg, and he couldn't operate the clutch. Mm-hmm. So we built a race car using a Sportomatic transmission for him, and we got a lot of help from the factory because the factory had run. The Sportomatic at Le Mans uh, in '68 or '67 or something, just to prove that it was good. Uh-huh. So they had a lot of uh, heavy-duty parts laying around, and uh, fortunately, with my connections, we, we we got a lot of help, and that car was very successful for for like a semi-automatic. Wow. Super. Hey, Dave, we're going to take a break just for a second, and then yeah. we're going to come right back, and I want to pick up more on your racing career. Okay. Very so good. sit tight. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, I guess he was trying to get the uh, tape player working there. You know what? Uh, what we got going on here? I have, I have the seeds uh, uh, queued up here, and I just have you? to grab it. For okay, me. we got to find Or I thought we were going to do the Beatles. Well, the Beatles, was you said, was optional. No, we got to do the Beatles. The Beatles? Okay. Yeah, that song there. The Beatles, hey. Sit tight, Dave. Ready, once, we get, once we get our technical issues here straightened out. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I, our take, I got an idea. This real-to-real thing here is just kind of antiquated, Maybe isn't it, Lee? Idea. You know? 
But anyway, I'll tell you what. Let me let me let me just get the seeds start. I'll go find okay. the Beatles. Is that that'll it? work. That's work. That'll work. That'll work. All right, everybody. You know this is okay, live this radio. Is right. you, you have to. You have to. Yeah, anything can be happen. Able to fill in. Right. All right. Well, I got to fill in the space. We're getting background. You know, they, music? They, they, yeah, this is it. Is it? Pushing too hard by the seeds. Yeah, pushing too hard by the seeds. This car, what's come out in 1967, right? Um, if you say so, I don't remember exactly. But uh, some of their other songs were very good, too. Okay. Cool beans. Are we still on the air? Yes, we're still on the we're air. We're still on yeah, the air. Yeah, okay. you're, you're supposed to be, you know. I'm supposed to keep quiet at this point, aren't I? So we can all listen to the music? I guess so. <laughs> anyway, here's the night before. Hopefully this is a good... Uh, well, I could just run this song through. That's okay. Well, that's we'll do- what I intended to do about two minutes ago. Okay, let's do that. That's fine. I'll button up. But I could do the... Be- I'm going to give you a hard time. You give me I'm hard messing time. with your head. <laughs> Sorry. It's Pushing cool. too hard. This is dedicated to... Uh, all those race car drivers, you got to push hard when you're going around the racetrack. That's what it is, man. I had somebody else in mind. But... No, 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 no. Not you. No, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, Robbie. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's kicking too hard. <laughs> kicking doors down too hard. Okay. Kicking doors too hard. All right, let's let everybody listen to the song. The, the footprint's still on the door from Saturday. Do you know that? Amazing. And a dent. And a dent. Yeah, so. Dedicated to the sea rock. Yeah. This is one of the one of the most complex guitar solos of rock and roll history. You know, this is one. this really? No, no. I mean, listen to. It. I mean, you know, one of, one of Lola's Doberman, uh, uh, Great Danes could Are we still play in the that air? guitar solo. Yeah. Oh no no, take us off. Let right. me hear the song. <laughs> You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your host, Robert, and we have our very special guest, Dave White, a world-famous race car driver from Tampa. Dave, you still there? I'm still here. Okay, cool. All right. Hey, we did. I want to jump back into uh, your racing career. So in the mid-'70s, uh, tell us how you got into You were doing the Porsches, mm-hmm. and then you, uh, you have a very interesting career right around 1975-76. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, uh, the 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 pro career started uh, actually in like 1970 when I, when I was with a new dealership. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, David McLean, the, the senator, and I were were having some success, but we really f- had a big win in 1976. We wanted to see a 12-hour race in the GTU division, which is an under two and a half liter car. Mm-hmm. There were there was only two divisions, and um, you know the over two and a half liter, under two and a half, and we happened to win the the under two and a half liter class, and that was that was quite a quite a feat. So GTU is under two point five liters, and GTO was over two and a half liters, correct? That's correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So there was only there was only two classes, and and um, it, it was quite it was quite an accomplishment to 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 win that race. Did they have a prototype class back in those days? No, they didn't. They uh, th- th- that was that was soon after IMSA took over the running of the track, and they didn't they didn't have prototypes. So when did IMSA come into effect? Wasn't that around around seventy six, seventy seven? No, IMSA actually was formed in nineteen sixty nine. Oh, was it? Yeah, I I joined IMSA, believe it or not, at Talladega. They had a race there on a road course, and I joined IMSA there in the second race they ever had in nineteen sixty nine. And um, uh, you know that that IMSA is still is still running today. They they um, uh, sanction all of the uh, American Le Mans races in mm-hmm. the states. Now IMSA stands for what? Uh, International Motorsports Association. Okay. 
And then uh, um, you mentioned Talladega. A lot of people think of Talladega just as a high-speed uh, oval there for NASCAR, but they actually have a road course inside there, don't they? Yeah, they do. In fact, it, it's a better road course, a more challenging road course than the one at Daytona. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sports car racing just doesn't work in Talladega, Alabama. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it just never works. So uh, we we haven't been back since um, I think '78 was the last year we ran there. Uh huh. And then now, like the 934. Now the car that you raced and that you won the GTU class in that was a stock. That was basically a modified 911, correct? Actually, it was a 73 RSR that we kind of backdated. It was a 2.8-liter car when mm-hmm. the factory built it, and we backdated it to a 2.5-liter car. It was a beautiful, just a beautiful car. I remember that car. I remember seeing it. Now, that was a that was a factory car to begin with? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. wow. That's in, the... fact, in fact, uh, this, in 1994, I went to Sweden and bought, and bought that car back. For a customer of mine. You know, I remember, I think you still had that car over at your shop on John's John's Road back in the early 80s, correct? Yeah, we Chess? did. Yeah. And you offered that car to me, and I was so dumb, I didn't buy that car. <laughs> but I look back in retrospect, that was that was stupid. Cause you had it's, all only, those... it's only worth about 600 grand now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, And back then, it was like <laughs> 10, 12 grand or something like that for a rolling <laughs> chassis, which is, you know. But, oh well. Uh, so anyway, and then in '78 you had another spectacular year. That was your big year, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would have to say that was the big year. Uh, we won the Daytona 24 hours to start the year off, mm-hmm. and that was uh, a very hard race, also. And uh, fortunately, I won five races that year out of the uh, 13 we ran. I won five of them, and never finished worse than third, and ended up winning the GTU championship for the year, and that was. That was something I always wanted to do. Wow, that's great. That's great. Now, you talked about racing here on the East Coast. When you raced on the East Coast, what was your venue like? What were some of the tracks that you raced on the East Coast of the United States? And, of course, you went across the country and over on the West Coast a little bit, right? Yeah, up on the East Coast, well, we were in Seabring and Daytona, of course. Mm-hmm. And then there was Road Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a track in Lexington, Ohio, called Mid-Ohio. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard of that. Yep. Um Elkhart Lake, did you race up there? Elkhart Lake okay. in Wisconsin, and then there was um, uh, the Glen, uh, Watkins, Watkins Glen. Glen, New York, mm-hmm. upstate New York. And let's see where, you know, they all run, oh, we ran, we ran Charlotte, too, in the early 80s. Oh, yeah, that's right, they have an infield course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really not very well. No, it's got some topos in it, and I've been on that track before. Yeah, it's got, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about Mossport, Canada? Did you race up there? No, you know, I never did. Uh, that's funny. Uh, all the races I did, so I never went there. Okay, and then when you were out in California, you hit what? Riverside, Laguna Seca, Sears yeah, we Point? Yeah, Riverside before they closed it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Laguna Seca and Sears Point, which they call Infinity now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. What's that track like up there? I've never been there. Portland, Oregon? It's it's a drag strip with a with a crooked park return, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, they run Indy cars there, so it's a good track. Oh, this sounds like uh, like uh, Moroso used to be. Yeah, exactly. Moroso was like that. It was just basically a drag strip, and you had to return lane that they threw a couple of whoop-de-doos in there, or a couple turns in there, and that was uh, that was your road course. Yeah, that was quite a town. You know, they have this this Rose Festival or something up there once a year. We we were always there the, during that to have our races and. Drew very large crowds. It was a great place to go. Did you uh, so of all the racetracks, all the racetracks in the country that you've raced on? Which is where's your heart? Which track do you like the best? Well, I, I have to I have to pick three racetracks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love Daytona because I, I won races at Daytona continually after the big win in '78. I won a lot of races, especially in the vintage series later on. But mm-hmm. uh, I love Mid Ohio. And I love Elkhart Lake, and I love Watkins Glen. I like them all, mm-hmm. to tell you the truth. But it's very difficult to pick a favorite. But if I if I was pinned down, it would probably be Watkins Glen, New York. Watkins Glen is a spectacular track. That, I really like that one myself. I've never raced on it, but I've seen it. Um, how about Laguna Seca? Did you like Laguna Seca with the corkscrew and all that stuff in the back? I mean, it's got some yeah, pretty well turns. Yeah, I had, I, I had some interesting things go on there at uh, Laguna, but the corkscrew was... Was was quite a turn. It's uh, it's hard to describe how it works, but it's it, it's quite a turn. And then when you come out of the corkscrew, you're going downhill, and then of course it's a de- it's a decreasing turn, and it 
it it basically uh, falls out to the outside. It doesn't. It's not. It's banked down. So well, it's, it, it's a left hand downhill, off camera to the right, right. <laughs> turn, and uh, it's uh, it's quite a it's quite a trip. Yeah. How about Sebring? Everybody, that's that's the oldest racetrack uh, in the country, really. Old, the oldest sanctioned road race cars, correct? Uh, it's yeah. That, that's uh, a very interesting thing about Sebring, or about you asked about that dealership earlier, the Cadillac dealership. Mm-hmm. The first race ever run at Sebring uh, was won by a Crosley Hotshot which was a little roadster type Crosley car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, from and it belonged to Mister Sharp who owned that Cadillac dealership. Oh, no kidding. And he drove it there from college to watch the race, and two of his friends talked him out of it, and they put it in a race and ended up winning the index of performance. Wow. What year was that? <laughs> 52, I think. 52, yeah. Well, the track was in, I think they started it, they raced it one time in 49, then 50, 51, they didn't do anything, and I think 52 was the first year, if I remember my history correct. Some, something, something like that, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. A Crosley hot shot. Ha. <laughs> How about that? All right, then you moving on. You got into vintage. Your you your your show your shop expanded, and then you started getting into prepping race cars for customers. Correct? Yes, I yeah we did an awful lot of that. In fact, there was uh, we had uh, we had thirteen people working at the shop, and uh, t- I think nine of the thirteen people worked on race cars, mm-hmm. and and the other four worked on street cars. But we built um, twenty seven cars. In seven years, wow! At that at that new shop, and they were all replicas of real vintage cars, so people could run them in HSR and SVRA, mm-hmm. and and not destroy a three hundred thousand dollar car. You know, they destroy a hundred thousand dollar car <laughs> if they got into a wreck. And that was that was quite a large business, and and uh, and I enjoyed doing that. And you did an extensive amount of uh, vintage racing yourself at that time too, correct? Yeah, we did. Uh, we did a lot of it. In fact, I enjoyed it so much. I didn't. I didn't even look back after about ninety two or ninety three. I just looked forward to the vintage, and I didn't care that that I wasn't getting those phone calls for the professional rides. It really didn't bother me. I was having so much fun and enjoying building the car so much. Now, we, excuse me. When you built those cars, now you built again. They were primarily nine elevens, correct? Correct. And they were anything from a stock 911 to a 934 to a 935 replica kind of chassis, yeah, weren't they? Yeah we, drew, yeah, we built 935s, and we built 65 911 replicas that that ran little two-liter motors and skinny tires. You know, we we built the whole spectrum from from what the factory produced between 65 and and 85. Wow. And then ultimately, because of your tremendous, spectacular racing career. <laughs> what was your next your next big uh, uh, claim to fame? You're in, um, you're inducted into something we were talking about a little well, earlier. Yeah, the the the, the biggest um, I guess my, my my greatest accomplishment was the, this this vintage organization called HSR, which is Historic Sports Car Racing, mm-hmm. uh, inducted me into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and I was the first inductee to the Hall of Fame. And I thought that was, I think that was quite an honor. I, I was, I'm very, very proud of that, of that award, because uh, no way I can ever take that away. No, um, you're the first inductee. Well, congratulations on that, uh, definitely. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, wow, that's amazing, Dave. You know, I mean, if you look back, you know, you had a really cool career, you know, once you got hooked up with the Porsches. Oh, yeah, you did a little brief stint with BMW there for a while, too, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did a three-year stint with the BMW factory. Uh huh. Tell and us about I that. What kind of cars have were they? Success with the car. It was a, it was a kind of an experiment on their part. But they won. They hired me to drive it because I was the reigning GTU champion. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody said that BMW stood for big mistake white. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it was interesting driving for the factory and, and meeting some very nice people like David Hobbs and some of those guys that I got to be friends with. Now that would have been what you were racing uh, what three twenties in the under two liter class, right? Yeah, it was a three twenty i, a two liter class, and uh, that that was the problem. The the engine was just too small; mm-hmm. it, it it would not compete with the two and a half liter engines. Okay. 
Well, and then uh, and then, uh, what are some of the other momentous uh, occasions that you can think of when you were uh, in your racing career? Some of the other cars. I mean, did you get a chance to drive any 935s by any chance? Yeah, I drove quite a few. I drove uh, I drove uh, the last 935 ever built. Oh yeah. For Bob Aiken. Uh huh. I also drove uh, a couple of the Bayside cars from from Seattle for another man. Um, I drove several 935s. Wow. Several of them. They. Uh, they're a handful, you know. They got 850 horsepower. Yeah, they were two chassis cars, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, wow. they were. They were terrible. I mean, they were. They were very, very hard to to drive. Very, very difficult to drive. Well, Dave, I just got my two minute warning here, but I do want to thank you for coming on the air. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, and uh, you know, I wish you uh, the best of luck and congratulations on your inductee there to uh, HSR. And uh, hope to see you in the racetrack sometime. Well, thank you, Robert, and uh, I'm glad I could do it. And say hi to Donna and Kurt and everybody and your grandchildren. And uh, next time I'm over at Vortec, or uh, you know, I'll say hi to Doug. Of course, we'll do our annual swap meet over there at uh, Vortec in Tampa, right? Right, and we'll see you there. Okay, well, thanks for coming on the air, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank okay, you. Okay, Robert, thank you. All right, Lee, how are we doing on time? Uh, about one minute. About one minute. Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I want to what, thank our guest, Dave White, for coming on the air. Um, you know, the show just goes by way too fast. I guess it's because it's a car show. It's a racing show. And, you know, it's all about speed. So we just speed through the hour, don't we, Lee? Yeah, and, that's... Uh, yep. And uh, so anyway, hey, make sure that you guys stop by and check out some of these car shows. Uh, go to... Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Google Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You can listen to our podcast, the past shows. You can pick up all our, uh, you know, the schedules that I give out. And uh, so, uh, anyway, be sure and tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars next week, same time, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Town Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. Everybody take care, and I'll see you at some of the car shows. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotaka's Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotaka's Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotaka's Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount. 